Welcome to Finding Holiness, where we delve into timeless Torah wisdom, revealing the sacred in everyday moments. Join us on a journey to elevate your spirituality and discover holiness in every aspect of life. I'm your host, Rabbi David Kadosh, and together, let's embark on a path of spiritual exploration. I hope you enjoy this next episode. Erev Tov, everyone. It's, um, it's great to, uh, to be here all together and celebrating the uh, Hilula of the Tanare Bimeir Balanes. It's not often that we do this, but it worked out beautifully, knowing that uh, it's Thursday night, and uh, which we normally do have Shurim here, but uh, it's great to come out and celebrate for good occasions. And of course, uh, may the Zechut of Bimeir Balanes, protect all of us, protect all Chal Israel. I want to first say thank you to the, uh, the friends and uh, members of our community who have uh, stepped up to make this uh, possible in no specific order. Uh, my uncle Jimmy Kados, uh, Yair Ahula, Victor Arobas, uh, Leon El Malech, Avi Azuelos for helping set up, Elia Zanijar for helping set up, um, and uh, everybody that I got everyone, I think. Um, thank you very much. Hashem should bless you and your family uh, for, for, for many, many great things, uh, again, for helping us out and making this uh, very possible. You know, there's so much to say about Rabbi Meir, and I'm not going to keep you long. Um, but I just, you know, found a few pieces of information that it's nothing uh, like eye-opening and, oh my God, I never, know, I never knew that. It's just simple things about who he was and his life. And uh, things that maybe we can walk away from. Um, of course, Rabbi Meir Balanes was a great sage in the in the time of the Mishnayot, the Tanaim. He was one of the students of Rabbi Akiva. After Rabbi Akiva lost his twenty-four thousand, which we are in the middle of mourning now, Rabbi Meir um, was um, <clears throat> was one of the new five students that he that he handpicked to continue the Torah and the legacy of the Torah. He lived in Eretz Israel and he was known for his incredible knowledge of Torah and many miraculous deeds. Of course, one of the more famous stories that we know about Rabbi Meir is, um, is the tale of his ability to bring back uh, lost objects to their rightful owners. And according to Gemara, Rabbi Meir uh, possessed a special skill, which a lot of us are known, know about, that allowed him to find things that were missing through his prayers. And the Gemara relates once that Rabbi Meir was walking along the road when he saw a man crying. And uh, when he asked the man why he was crying, he replied that he lost something that was very important to him, he lost money. And Bimeir prayed for that man, and uh, miraculously, he found what was lost to him. And from there, we have the custom, many of us, that if we, if we lose something that is important to us, we're not talking about you lose something like a pencil or something, something that's important to us, and you really feel it, you really want it, you give to in the name, of Rabbi Meir Balanes, and you say, the whole special tefillah, you can also say some few words, but and uh, people, are, people will swear by it, yeah? You find, you find your object that you're missing it. But besides that, it really teaches us an important lesson about the concept of emunah and prayer. Uh, like Rabbi Meir, we also can turn towards the tefillah when we need HaKadosh Baruch Hu. we have to trust in Hashem to help, uh, to help us find the solutions that we need in our lives. Prayer has that power to connect to the Almighty and bring us closer to Him. And also teach us the importance of kindness and compassion. This one little episode, when Abimeir saw the man crying, 
he didn't ignore him and walk away. Uh, you see a person who's, de- feel, who's dejected clearly by, the, by his, uh, his, his countenance on his face. What do you do? Just ignore him. Okay, I'm not going to talk to him because you know, he seems like in a bad mood. Or do you approach him out of compassion? What's, what's wrong with you? What's hurting you? What, 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 is, what is difficult for you at this time? And he used the abilities that he had to help the person in need. And we can learn from those examples that are being made to strive to be kind and compassionate towards those that require uh, assistance. And of course, let's not forget his ability to see the good in every single person. You know, even those that were considered sinners, even those who were considered outcasts in society. <clears throat> the Gemara tells us that Rabbi Meir was a prime student of, of Elisha ben Abuya, who unfortunately, not, not to discuss now, we've spoken about in previous shiurim, became a heretic. He went off the path. He stopped believing in Akadosh Baruch Hu, And despite his heretical beliefs, Rabbi Meir clung to him. He knew, he knew the wisdom that he had. And he didn't want to let go of him. Up to his last moment, he told him, like, do teshuvah, do teshuvah. You can, you can really, really change. And he continued to respect and learn for him, from him. So we have, to, we have to be able to see and look beyond a person's flaws and faults, recognizing the, the, their inherent worth that they have as human beings. Each person is created, B'Tselem Elohim, has the potential to do great things in life. And it's our job to recognize that and appreciate that, appreciate the potential in everyone. You know, it always reminds me of the story in Masech Ebrachot, in the fourth parak. It's a long story over there on how Rabban Gamliel was removed from the position of the Nasi. And uh, this, uh, after going through different candidates, uh, Rabbi Yosua, Rabbi Akiva, the, the, the rabbi settled on Rabbi Al-Azhar bin Azariah. That's a famous story where he went to go ask his wife uh, whether or not she thinks he should take the job. And uh, she said that, uh, listen, I think he, they're going to throw you out just like they threw out Rabban Gamliel. He said, listen, uh, one, one day in this job, you know, I have that on my resume. It, it, it counts for something. He said, oh, you look too young. You're too young. You're only 18 years old. And a miracle, they grew 18 white hairs on his, on his beard um, to, to look, to give the appearance of old, uh, of, of, uh, old age so that he would be more respected. But the, one of the great parts of that story is what happens after he was appointed. The Gemara tells us that on that day, the first, the first point, uh, uh, point of action that Rabbi Al-Azhar ben Azariah did, Yuman says, is that he removed the Shomer from the door of the Bet Midrash. That there was, a, there was a, a security guard, but not for the purpose of security. It was a security guard to stop students coming in. And that was put there by Rabban Gamliel. Why did he put there? Because Rabban Gamliel had a rule. Anyone who's, outside, who, who's inside is not like they're outside. Meaning outside they display this type of personality. They're, fun, they're, they're gentle, they're kind, they're, they're friendly. But inside, they don't feel the same way. They're not genuine. They weren't allowed to enter the Ben Midrash. That was the rule of Rabban Gamliel. Some people might think that's a good idea. I want people that are genuine in my Ben Midrash. I don't want fakers. I want people that are legitimate. But Rabbi Al-Azab and Azariah says, no, no, you got to look beyond that. you got to give a chance for everybody. And the moment, that he, the moment he stepped into office... He removed that, uh, that uh, security guard, and the Gemara tells us, whether they added either 400 or 700 benches to the Ben Midrash. Now, bench has, what, seats for four or six people? That's thousands of new students that enter the Ben Midrash. Rabban Gamliel felt depressed, and maybe he held back all the potential from these people. So Rabbi Al-Azab ben Azayah did this. It reminds me of this idea. You're looking at what, uh, uh, not just at the flaws, chas shalom, we never look at the flaws. We look at what every person has and the value that they have inside. Okay, even if they're not tochok baro, even if they're, you know, if they do have some, some flaws in their, in their personality. It doesn't matter. We got to look beyond that. 
Rabbi Meir Be'alanes, of course, is Hilula tonight on Yudalit Be'yad, which is also known as Pesach Sheni. Uh, Pesach Sheni is, of course, a, the, a minor Jewish holiday. It's, uh, it's big enough that we don't say Tahanun. Uh, it's a minor Jewish holiday uh, that falls on Yudalit Be'yad. It's one month after the holiday of Pesach. And uh, it's based on what happened in this Torah, where there, there are some people that weren't able to bring the Korban Pesach because either they were tememet, they were impure from, uh, from an impurity from uh, a deceased person, or they were too far, they were too distant to come to Yerushalayim. So they got a second chance. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded that if they couldn't make it the first time on Hedef Pesach to bring their Korban Pesach, then they can come on, uh, on Pesach Sheni one, one, month, one month later. So um, I, I saw something interesting that besides for the obvious connection that Rabbi Meir Balanes is Hilulaz on Pesach Sheni, he actually has what to do with Pesach Sheni. He had a, a, a very big influence because he was one of the rabbis that helped restore uh, the observance of this holiday after it fallen into disuse. A lot of people felt that, okay, you know, maybe this wasn't so important. Okay, uh, you know, especially after the destruction of Bet Amidas, maybe we have to stop thinking about this or commemorating this. He was a person who worked to revive the holiday and restore the uh, observance. Because to him, he understood the importance of giving people second chances for those who missed the opportunity to fulfill their role uh, in, in the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and of course the Korban Pesach. So he saw the holiday as an opportunity for Teshuvah, as an opportunity for, for repentance and drawing closer to Hashem. And therefore by promoting the observance of Pesach Sheni, uh, he, he helped to ensure that those people that missed the original Korban Pesach at least were able to participate in some way of the Pesach offering. And maybe that's why he was okay to uh, pass away on this day of, uh, of Pesach Sheni Yudalit Be'yad. Um, what's interesting that a lot of people may know or, or not is that Abim Me'id, although being highly respected, and of course we celebrate <clears throat> his life and his teachings, but many, many times his opinions or his legal opinions in the Mishnayot are not followed. The halakha is mostly not like Rabbi Meir Balanis. So whenever you see Rabbi Meir versus Rabbi Yehuda Barilai, the halakha is usually like Rabbi Yehuda. That's generally the, the, the way it goes. Um, now, not to take anything away from Rabbi Meir Balanis. So the rabbis explain why exactly this was the case. Um, first, because Rabbi Meir was known for such um, exceptional wisdom and, and brilliance. And in, in, the way, in the ways that he was able to interpret the Torah and the, and the dinim that were passed on, really from Moshe Rabbeinu, in developing new laws and new concepts, that this often involved very innovative and, and new novel approaches to how to approach the law. And as, a, and as a result, although they were highly valued, the people weren't on the level of Rabbi Meir to understand really where he was coming from. Um, uh, and, and therefore, they couldn't, they couldn't agree that he was the halakha, although they probably knew he was right, but they couldn't comprehend where he was coming from. It was almost, it's almost like we compare Le'avdil, uh, not Le'avdil, but like, you know, sometimes we have a law written in Shulchan Aruch. Right? The, the Shulchan Aruch tells us to do something. And you might read somewhere else, but Lefi Kabbalah, we do something like that. We, we do this. The, the Mekubalim do this. Now, you have to understand, the halakha is like what's written in Shulchan Aruch. The fact that there were Mekubalim that did otherwise, it's because they, they had a deeper understanding of of what really was involved in that mitzvah, and they, they had their own reasons why to do it that way. But as for the general public, we have to follow the Shukhan, the Shukhan Aruch. Same idea, I, that's, that's how I would compare, the, uh, compare this to. Um, another reason is that Rabbi Meir and his legal rulings sometimes weren't always clear or consistent. Uh, it was very vague in the, in the way he re, uh, related the halakha, um, and uh, sometimes that made, that made it difficult for, for his followers and his students or later scholars to understand the teachings 
that, uh, in, in a more practical uh, uh, way. And being part of the Sanhedrin, of course, the, um, the, the Torah tells us that we always have to follow the majority of the opinions. And Rabbi Meir was a member of the Sanhedrin, and his ideas were, did often fall in the minority of the opinion, and were not accepted by majority of the scholars. But despite all these you know, challenges, his teachings are very much respected. Of course, his ideas continue to be studied. And tonight you have thousands of people by the Kevin Rabbi Meir praying for their Yeshuot and Nechamot. His Amen. innovative approaches of, of Torah and, and, and Mishnah and all the, the statements that, he, that, he, that are written down and his commitment to seeking deeper understanding is really serves as a lesson to us in our, in our way that we should approach Torah. Maybe it's not just enough to look at things at face value but to go deeper into the text, to see what's really the underlying, maybe that's, that's what he brought also, him and Rabbi Shimon, of course, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, who we're going to celebrate very shortly, in a few Monday days' night. time, Monday night, Bezat Hashem, but really that's what it is, it's, saying, it's going one step uh, further, and again, uh, maybe with that, and the lessons, and the kindness, and the compassion that he showed, you know, we could be a zocheh to beracha, levacha, tzlacha, Yeshua v'nechamot, to us, our family, Amen. and our loved ones. Amen. Have a wonderful day.